everybody, and welcome to Classical Stuff You Should Know. We're a podcast about the old world, about old theology, about old books, old ideas, that sort of thing. And uh, I'm here with my compatriots, Thomas Magby. Hey. And Graham Donaldson. Hello. And today we are talking about the rise of Drake to stardom uh, and all of his buddies and cronies that come along with him, uh, especially because we've only recently discovered that he's a cartoon frog. So mm. today's is by... Today's episode is by, led by Thomas. Yeah, that, that's definitely not going to make any sense to anybody who doesn't have the in-between episode. What oh, was that an in-between episode? Yeah, thing? Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, I thought that was in the main no, main no, episodes. So no. just to be so, the joke is in an in-between episode, we said Drake sounded like a frog. Is that so? To be clear, I'm okay. glad that we you said we said this. You said. Oh, it was said by not me. It was Graham. Okay, Graham, Graham okay. thinks Drake this is sounds my like a cartoon. Frog. I think if you were needed to cast a voice for a cartoon frog, you would cast Drake. Why? Because he's got like the little ribbit voice. I think Little Wayne is probably a better, better choice. You could do it, yeah. Maybe if you needed two frogs, yeah. they often come together. Actually, I would watch that show. Yeah. Rappers as frogs. Yeah. Do you remember Battletoads? I do remember Battletoads. That was a good show. That was a great game too. Yeah. What, do you remember Biker Mice from Mars? I do remember Biker Mice from Mars. Do you, even, do you remember Samurai Pizza Cats? No. Oh, that was a great one. What about do you remember Shark? Aristophanes? <laughs> <laughs> what I about sure Street do. Sharks? Remember Street Sharks? I do remember Street, I do Sharks. Remember street <laughs> Sharks. They I, were so shredded. I had many of those uh, toys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, definitely like those. Classical toys you should know. <laughs> street Sharks. <laughs> Things from the 90s. Is that one? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we're talking about the frogs today. So, play by Aristophanes. So, this is, I don't know, part two. I don't know. This is another play by Aristophanes. We had previously talked about the clouds which was that kind of takedown of Socrates that uh, you know it had been indicated by others as being a part of Socrates' trial some kind of indication of uh, Socrates being a harm to the city. Yeah, what kangaroo court uh, person mm. are we putting up today? Or who are we going to be throwing in the slammer and forcing them to drink death juice? So kind of a lot of people. No. Oh. Um, there's Aristophanes just slinging bombs. I know. The uh, we probably won't have this actually in the episode. There's there's a section of people that he calls out that there there was there's accusations of like a military leader essentially being put to death because of this play, but because they're not as big a name as Socrates, we're probably not going to talk about that part. Are so. we like actually talking about ancient rap beefs? Is that kind, kind of, of what's what it feels happening? like? like honestly, it's just yeah, all these shout outs and stuff. Well, it's like the whole. Um, like all the things that they're making fun of, they're like making fun of people, right? So like the clouds is satire, so it's making fun of Socrates. Right. And so here, um, I guess we're kind of making fun of other Greek uh, uh, tragedy writers. I mean, is is really kind of the 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 point of this story? So again, uh, the frogs. Have you all heard of the story before? No, no, not at all. Okay, I've only heard of the clouds, but. Uh, I guess probably Lysistrata's is a famous one. Aristophanes is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the. The gist of it is that uh, Dionysus and his servant Xanthias are going to go on a little journey, and we'll we'll you know we'll read sections of this. That's like the majority of why we uh, um, why I bring these is to have Graham and AJ say funny things into a microphone. Hopefully, this time they're more appropriate things that don't have to be cut out of the episode. Sorry about that for last time. Do you really from the clouds? Oh, yeah, fun. that was yeah my bad. Um, but the, uh, the story here is that Dionysus and Xanthius are going to go down into Hades and they are going to Hades initially because they want to, uh, get Euripides to come back from Hades. Uh, Dionysus is kind of disappointed with the state of theater and he thinks that we need one of the kind of the old masters to come and, and re, uh, you know, enliven the, like the cultural scene in Athens. 
Uh, this is also happening with this backdrop of the Peloponnesian War, like ongoing. Um, so there's this big Athens-Sparta conflict that's going to not go great for Athens, really. That um, usually does put a damper on the art scene. It does. Uh, there, again, probably won't be covered here, but there are many times where Aristophanes will like make fun of how little money there is for for the arts. And it's like, well, I feel like your money is probably better spent going towards spears at that point. Like existential than, threats. Yeah, than like, making sure we still throw the... But what is a country without art? <laughs> ah, there it is. Is it even worth saving? Yeah. Uh, yes, I think. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but okay, so that's uh, you know our very very brief just to frogs. We're going to go through it as, as we as we uh, read through this play. So I sent you all a link to the play, oh. and I'm sure as in most of these old plays, you know, different translations have kind of different sections from um, the frogs included in them. So we're going to switch translation halfway through and you all have two different links in front of you. So apologies for that. Um, Okay. So our opening section is going to be Dionysus. Uh, uh, AJ, who's Dionysus? Me? No, I mean like who's the God of wine and revelry. Yeah. So obviously you, and then uh, Xanthius is his servant. Mm. So Graham, obviously. Isn't that to the give... thing that you put in bread instead of having uh, gluten? Xanthum gum? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, yep, that sounds about right. For a little more reference for the audience, Dionysus' parties, I think he's kind of whitewashed today. His parties always go somehow totally awry. Oh, there's like a bloodbath at the end of them. Yeah. So think of like the, the first half of a frat party is really, really good. The second half of a frat party gets kind of dark. Yeah. Right, everything, you know, there's like puking and bad decisions and everything kind of goes This first quote has and puking in it. This, it's, you know, I'm just Dionys- saying, this is how Dionysus rolls. We like to think of him as just the god of wine, but it was often the god of horrible things happening because of the revelry. Yes. Mm. Though this being a comedy, we're going to mostly focus on the funny things. Okay. That is kind of the, the, main, the main point. Um, there are a few parts that maybe we say would get a little darker, but it's, I think, played for comedic effect, and we'll have one of those in here because uh, I think this translation is a more polite one than um, than the one I was operating from. So Paul Roche was the the book version I read. And then we'll, this first part we'll be reading from the uh, MIT Classics, which is one of those um, open ones that is online if anyone wants to read The Frogs. Okay. All right. Uh, oh, I guess I should say, so um, um, playwrights who are going to matter for this, uh, Euripides is the one that I just said they're going to the underworld to retrieve. Uh, do you all know anything about this Euripides fellow? Mm. He was a playwright. Playwright. What did he write? I don't know. I gathered that from what you said before. Thanks. <laughs> the, uh, oh, I guess, do they both, there are two playwrights who we're going to deal with and they both wrote, um, an, Euripides has an or- Orestes, but Orestes Aeschylus, correct? Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, so Medea is, uh, uh, would be one of Euripides' oh, okay, yeah. play. Uh, the Suppliants, if that's one that people have read. Electra, mm. Heracles, Trojan Women, a famous one. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so he wrote tragedies is the important thing. Okay. So famous Greek playwright wrote sad things. Um, Dionysus, Dionysus wants to go get him, which we will actually read that section. So this would be like us going down to get like uh, Stanley Kubrick. It's like, we need you, buddy. Yeah. Our movies suck. So part of me doing this episode is, so there's a musical adaptation of The Frogs, uh, also called The Frogs, that uh, it's a Nathan Lane, uh, well, uh, Sondheim wrote it initially mm. in the 70s, and then it was expanded. So I, I think the original original was not a musical, or I say original. There's the Greek, which is the original. Sondheim does a version of it, which was performed in like a giant um, 
uh, pool, like a pool. I, I, it actually had water in it because this this play, as they're going down to Hades, they're crossing water, right? So um, Charon uh, mm-hmm. shows up in this. Is it Karen? Charon? Charon. You, it's pronounced Karen. That's I hate awesome. that so much. Isn't it so funny? It's like actually awful. So the original Karen. play is is um, is Karen and <laughs> I know, isn't that awful? <laughs> I need the great part is she's he's also like cranky. Send, he is cranky. He's the just same like kind of Karen, cranky. Right? Sending it back to the kitchen. and He's not super cranky Demanding in this one. Manager. Yeah. He does kind of pull some rules here. Maybe we'll actually read a little bit of that section. But uh, the, the, uh, the Sondheim, the first one that Sondheim did is, is Karen and Dionysus taking a boat across the River Styx. But the River Styx is a pool in, I, I don't remember where Sondheim went to college, but, you know, at Yale, or, I don't know, somewhere like that. Um, so it's just them on a boat riding their boat along the river Karen, which is, or I'm sorry, the river Styx, which is the swimming pool that they're performing in. And then the eponymous frogs are the, uh, the swim team for that school, just like swimming back and forth and like splashing the players and like making fun of them as they're doing the show, which sounds very funny. Sounds great. Um, Nathan Lane then like expanded that in 2004. And then that's where the musical version comes from. So if you're, I don't, I think it's pretty good. I don't know. I like it. Uh, if you're into musicals, check out the frogs. There's your recommendation. Okay, back to the original. All right. So we're gonna read from just the very beginning to get a little sense of this of the of the play. So we're gonna read from the beginning, and then I'm gonna try and stop you when you get to for mercy's sake. Are you gonna read the little scene intro? The scene shows the house of Heracles in the background. There enter two travelers, Dionysus on foot, in his customary yellow robe and buskins, but also with the club and lion skins lion skin of Heracles and his servant Xanthius on a donkey carrying the luggage on a pole over his shoulder. So do we just rob Heracles? They are, um, they're returning it. So huh. they're bringing we it because it. Dionysus in going to, uh, again, I don't know if we'll actually read this. So Dionysus in wanting to go to Hades wants to look like Heracles because Heracles or Hercules, whatever, because Heracles has done this before. Oh, so, like, so they'd be like, oh, welcome back, buddy. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what they expect to happen. And that's, you know, All right. we'll get there. Xanthius. Shall I crack any of those old jokes, Master, at which the audience never fail to laugh? Uh, what you will, except I'm getting crushed. Fight shy of that. I'm sick of that already. Nothing else smart? I save my shoulders aching. Come now, that comical joke? With all my heart. Only be careful not to shift your pole and... What? what? And vow that you've a bellyache. May I not say I'm overburdened so that if none ease me, I must ease myself? For mercy's sake, not till I'm, not till I'm going to vomit. What? So they are... Uh, they're traveling. They have their, you know, the things that they're carrying, and this is the, you know, we we got a comedy on our hands here. We they're they're making jokes about carrying things, and they're wanting to uh, amuse the audience. Again, this is being uh, presented at a festival to Dionysus, so you know they're they're wanting to to get some comedy going. It looks like he's also burning other playwrights, right? Must I bury these burdens and not make one we of the jokes? Amapses and it's just the next line. Mm-hmm. And Furnaces and every play that I put in the mouths of the... So it sounds like he's kind of roasting the jokes from other playwrights. Yes. And he's like, ah, that, that's going to make me sick. I don't like those jokes. Yeah, because that is um, the... These plays would have come after the the tragedies. So tragedies go first, and then you get right. the Seder plays after. Um, so the... Yeah, so very well could have been the ones either in that specific production or... Again, this whole thing is basically just throwing shade at other playwrights. Uh, and I think we'll actually get to that in this next section here. Um, so we're going to jump to there as on a deck. I'm reading to myself for Dionysus. So just to get us from, so opening is just them walking. They're going to the house of Heracles with the eventual goal of getting to Hades. 
and they're going to Heracles because he's been down to Hades before. I just said this, but just to give it in context. Um, they want to get some in instructions from Heracles. They ask about like, hey, that, that, that Cerberus thing, like how do we get past that? Um, but their plan boils down to let's look like Heracles and then um, Karen will let us uh, get on the boat and go down to Hades and then they're going to respect us because we've been there before and done a bunch of damage. Well, they will respect uh, Dionysus who's dressed like Heracles because they don't want to mess with him because the last time he was down there, right. he, he like, you know beat people up. I don't, well, there's a list of things that they'll go through in just a little bit. Um, but Heracles is, is wondering like, why do you want to go down to Hades? Like what's the point of going down there? Uh, Dionysus mentions that he wants to go and find um, Euripides. And that starts with this there as on a deck, just so I tell you, uh, AJ, since you're reading it, you're going to go, you're going to read that first paragraph there as mm -hmm. on a deck. And then you're going to skip down to Don't Mock Me, Brother. So we're not going to read this back and <laughs> forth between Heracles and Dionysus. And you can, you can see why if you, if you read it right now. But um, So you're going to read your section and then jump down to another line. And okay. I can, but it's talking about the pangs of longing. It, it is. And they, are, they share more than I would like to in this podcast <laughs> about the pangs of longing. So sure. uh, Dionysus there as on a deck. There, as on a deck, I'm reading to myself the Andromeda, a sudden pang of longing, shoots through my heart. You can't conceive how keenly. And then Heracles makes fun of him, and then Dionysus says, Don't mock me, brother. On my life, I'm in a bad way. Such fierce desire consumes me. Aye, little brother, how? I can't describe it. But yet I'll tell you in a riddling way. Have you e'er felt a sudden lust for soup? Soup! <laughs> soup! Zeus of mercy, yes, 10,000 times. <laughs> well, is the thing clear or must I speak again? Not of the soup. I'm clear about the soup. Well, just that sort of pang devours my heart for lost Euripides. A dead man, too. And no one shall persuade me not to go after the man. Do you mean below, to Hades? And lower still, if there's a lower still. What on earth for? I want a genuine poet, for some are not and those that are, are bad. What? Does not Iophon live? Well, he's the sole good thing remaining, if even he is good. For even of that, I'm not exactly certain. If you, if go you must, there's Sophocles. He comes before Euripides, so why not take him? Not till I've tried if Iophon's coin rings true when he's alone apart from Sophocles. Besides, Euripides, the crafty rogue, will find a thousand shifts to get away, but he has, he was easy here, is easy there. But Agathon, where is he? He's gone and left us. A genial poet by his friends much missed. Gone where? To join the blessed in their banquets. But what of Xenocles? Oh, he be hanged. <laughs> um, Phythangelus? But never a word for me. Not though my shoulders chafe so terribly. Heracles, but have... Heracles, but have you not a shoal of little songsters, tragedians by the myriad, who can chatter a furlong faster than Euripides? Those be mere... Oh, wait, we got mixed up. Oh, so just so I say, the, mm -hmm. the lines AJ's been saying were Dionysus. So far, uh, Graham has been reading Heracles' lines. So the last one was Xanthius. So the the Xanthius jumps in. He's like, hey, man, do you not have any Heracles? Do you want to be like little tragedians lying around? Yes. And then uh, Dionysus replies, Those be mere vintage leavings, jabberers, choirs of swallow broods, degraders of their art who get one chorus and are seen no more. The muses love once gained. But oh, my friend, search where you will, you'll never find a true creative genius uttering startling things. Creative? How do you mean? Who'll dare share some novel, venturous conceit? Air Zeus's chamber, or time's foot, or this, "'Twas not my mind that swore my tongue committed a little perjury on its own account." Uh, it, it, it says it's still Heracles, but well, that doesn't you, make sense. You, you, you like that style? Like it. I that's don't. Di that's Dionysus. Oh. 
But that... That doesn't make oh, sense. Oh, yeah, it's weird. Someone else is saying, you like that style, and this has it going back to Dionysus. Mm-hmm. Like but it. it sh- but it seems like it should go to Her- Heracles. Uh, Dionysus is the one who dotes oh, upon it, because yeah, he's yeah, going to it. Hades. Okay, yeah. Like it. I dote upon it. I vow it's ribald nonsense, and you know it. Rule not my mind. You've got a house to mind. Really and truly, though, tis paltry stuff. We'll stop there. Okay, so that's... so. Again, the, he's gone through and said why he wants to, to um, go down to Hades, and, and they're going through this list of other playwrights. Again, they're kind of giving these other options, but none of them are uh, quite to the um, level of Euripides. Um, and I, even most of the playwrights they're listing at this point, other than Sophocles, I'm not, I mean, they're like minor playwrights, right? I don't know if you all have any... Uh, did any of those names stick out as people you've like read before? I mean, Aristophanes. Before? I mean, um, there's what, what do you say? There was um, Sophocles. Is Sophocles. Yeah, we didn't know that one. Yeah. Uh, and there's this whole thing about how uh, Sophocles is kind of added into the story because uh, Sophocles was alive when Aristophanes started the story and then died after this had kind of entered into production, and so there are like these lines added to account for Sophocles now being dead. But in all likelihood, he would have had, instead of going um, for Euripides, he would have gone to Hades for Sophocles. Like if oh, his death it. had happened okay. earlier. So, that's, so they had to explain why not go for him. Yes. Yeah. And, and the, you know, this, um, there are other parts where it's like, well, he hasn't been in Hades that long, so we can't bring him out yet. Like he's got to stay there for a little while. Like the, it's, it, it's got to marinate. Yeah. yeah, right. It's, it's essentially a plot hole that they've, that, he, that Aristophanes has to cover with, with a few lines. Um, okay. This next one is, I just... Uh, I think it's funny. So uh, Dionysus, the now Syrah line. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, AJ, you cannot be Dionysus for this because I need you to be a corpse. <laughs> um, okay. So I'll be Dionysus. Graham, can you be Xanthius? Can do. Okay. So the, from here, Heracles gives them the advice that they're looking for, kind of points them in the right direction of Hades. They have uh, Heracles' outfit, so they're, they're set to kind of trick people as they go. But they have this problem of they have all this luggage that they need to carry. And Xanthius doesn't really want to carry it. It's so heavy. They, it is heavy. It is heavy. It's, so they, they have to come up with a plan of how to, uh, how to take care of this. So Dionysus, obviously, being a god, is not interested in carrying it. So it opens with Dionysus saying, Now, Sarah, pick you up the traps. Before I put them down. And quickly, too. No, prithee, no. But hire a body. One, they're carrying out on purpose for the trip. If I can't find one? Then I'll take them. Good. And see, they're carrying out a body now. Here, a corpse wrapped in its grave clothes and lying on a bier is carried... Oh, <laughs> it's supposed to be stage direction. <laughs> is it supposed to be? Mm-hmm. Yes. It's got to be. Um, yeah. The stage direction says, Here, a corpse wrapped in its grave clothes and lying on a bier is carried across the stage. Dionysus says, Hello, you there, you dead men. Are you willing to carry down our little traps to Hades? What are they? These. Two drachmas for the job? Nay, that's too much. Out of the pathway, you. Uh, be, sh- be shrew thee. Stop. <clears throat> Maybe we'll strike a bargain. Pay me two drachmas, or it's no use talking. One and a half. I'd leave her live again. <laughs> How absolute the knave is. He be hanged. I'll go myself. <laughs> You're the right sort, my man. Now to the fairy. Yeah, Enter Karen. It. I think that's it right there. Man, what a... <laughs> That was greedy corpse. He said, Karen sounds like a pirate in this one. Yo, up, layer two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to, because you get that accent also in the uh, in the Paul Rose translation as well. I'm trying to see if there's another section with Karen. Down a little bit further. Who's for the rest from every pain and ill? Who's for the least pain? 
doesn't have as much of the kind of yeah the quotes before the words like cutting off syllables and things like that. That's more in the in a different translation. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, this so this gets us to to Karen. So Karen is gonna uh, take him to Hades. That's the plan. And uh, a, a question that might be in your mind is why is this play called The Frogs? I don't know if that's something that has you know come up. Uh, and the reason that this play is called The Frogs is because frogs show up as they are on the River Styx going to Hades. Are you is, that, is this a thing that has happened in other stories uh, going to the underworld? Are you mm. aware of frogs being? Not that I know of. I mean, there's references to frog-like things in the Inferno, but nothing nothing like frogs showing up. Like just the, like regular the frogs, like yeah. rat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Graham, thank you for making that noise. Oh. Please go to the next item on your email. It starts B R E K. That word right there. Am I am I s- still the same script? You are still the same script. Okay. Now, you can also just read this from the email. Okay. I would like you to tell me how you think this is pronounced. Um, let's see. We're going to start Graham. We'll go AJ, and then I'll tell you which one's better. Okay. I actually don't know. Coax, 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 Coax. Oh, and then the, so- the frogs have a song they sing. They do have a song they sing. So the so <laughs> the style of Drake. <laughs> How did you know? Uh, so that's the sound the frogs make. They repeat that noise over and over uh, throughout the uh, their short time on stage. And again, that if this is a uh, this being an ancient play, there's a chorus, and during this portion, the chorus shows up as frogs. So again, these are frogs, kind of show up on the side of the river as they're going to Hades. Uh, let's go to that next one with the frogs. Ah, uh, no. Ah, uh, no. Get a little back and forth. Same script. Yes, same script. Uh, Graham, you'll be the frogs. AJ will be Dionysus. And I think it's just the two of them talking right here. Okay. Ah, okay. uh, no. Ah, uh, no. Loud and louder our chant must grow. Sing if ever ye sang of yore when in sunny and glorious days. Through the rushes and the marsh flags springing. Up we swept in the joy of singing, myriad driving round delays, or when fleeing the storm, we went down to the depths and our choral song, wildly raised to a loud and long, bubble-bursting accompaniment. This timing song I must take from you. That's a dreadful thing to do. Much more dreadful if I row till I burst myself, I trow. Go hang yourselves, for what care I? All the same will shout and cry, stretching all our throats with song, shouting, crying all day long. In this you'll never ever win. Then you shall not beat us in. No, nor you prevail. Veil or me. <laughs> you stop right there. So, so we're, I'm like out singing them? Is that yeah, fun is that? Basically. So the, the frogs start this song and Dionysus is really annoyed. He's annoyed mostly because um, he's sitting on a boat for a very long time. So his, 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 Bucking sore. his bottom starts to get, to get very sore. And so then these, so he has that, like, so he's very sore. And then he starts hearing this really annoying song from the frogs. And he's like, guys, please stop making this noise. And so to get them to stop, he outsings them. Mm. So he he overwhelms them by singing the same song with them, and then uh, and then I love that Karen says, "Stop, easy, <laughs> take the oar and push her too. Now pay your fare and go." Like he's just had he's it over with all it. the yeah. whole thing. Because <laughs> I think again in this like version of it, he must be hearing the frogs every time he goes back and forth. So it's, yeah, and now he's got some rando complaining about his rump and singing yes. to the frogs. Yes, I get it. That's exactly right. Um, I should have. 
so Xanthius is not in that little back and forth we just had. Xanthius is actually not on the boat. Aww. So uh, Xanthius being a servant is not allowed to be on the boat. He's, he doesn't get, I guess, I, I don't know. Is this, is, uh, does Karen only usher those in who are like noble in some way? Or is, is he supposed to be for everyone? Every, okay. Well, it's every dead soul. And then I think the gods might have spe- special privilege to visit. Yep. I wonder if his servant isn't, like Xanthius is not, dead yep. and he's yep. not a god so he just can't come Doesn't in count. yeah there's also the uh, apparently there was a battle right before this uh this play occurred and xanthius didn't fight in it because he like pretended to have a fate like he, he pretended that his leg got hurt so he like didn't fight and karen's like you don't deserve to be on this boat so <laughs> i just don't even bother so they make him walk around but he has to go the long way around with all the luggage and then meet, <laughs> and then meet Dionysus Wait, there's a the long way around apparently like, yeah, it's like it's a bridge a good point. <laughs> Like, so I can get into hell if I just take a, a, a light walk. Yes, yeah, like, yeah, that's exactly what. The, uh, no, it's very. Uh, well, long according walk. to this, it looks like Xanthius had to go through some pretty gnarly places to get there. What are you looking at? Uh, it's like Xanthius comes in. He's like, "Hey, man, I caught up with you." And then Dionysus says, "Well, did you see all the parasites and perjured folk?" <laughs> and then the, and then they point to the audience and like, "Yep, there they <laughs> they're, are, they're right there." <laughs> I see them. What's the next step? Yeah. they have a couple things like that. Um, all right, so uh, you get frogs and. Just reading the play here, there doesn't seem to be some like, you know, profound meaning to these frogs that would indicate why they're the name of this play. I in trying to in, in researching this and trying to look up why, first off, why that's the sound they have the frogs making because that sounds like a frog. Do you think that sounds like a frog? It's Rack. probably the Greek version of the animal noise. That's what Rack. they Rack. said. Of like that's like what a frog. That, like those are the frogs that are out there. Sound like Wax. you. You have heard coax from a frog before. Like that uh, it's closer than ribbit. Yes. Yeah, it That's is. Not mu- true. It is no. It is way closer than no. Ribbit, ribbit is totally what ribbit, frogs say. No, yeah. frogs go brat, brat. But they, where, where do you get the brekkekek? Like that doesn't. Brat, I don't know. Actually, the brekkekek. I'm, I'm being one over on that one right yeah, now. Yeah, it makes more sense to me. Yeah. Coax. The coax. Coax. That sounds like they're trying to like plug in there. I think it's like elongated. Coax. Coax sounds like they're trying to like like plug in their laptop. Are you thinking coaxial yeah. cable? Yeah. Yeah. Where's my coax? <laughs> It's <laughs> very good. Thank you. Uh, okay, so they, so you know, they they go down the river, and Karen kicks them off because he's sick of the frogs. Xanthius th- meets up back up with Dionysus, and they start walking, and they they have to, you know, still get into Hades. Um, so our next section will start. Who's there? So again, I will remind everyone that um, uh, Dionysus is dressed like Heracles. So when he meets with people, they're going to think that he's Heracles. Uh, and this one, I is it a- Aeacus? I was going to ask you how to there? pronounce it. Is that A E A C U S? It might be Aeacus. Aeacus. Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess Graham, you will be Aeacus. Okay. And AJ will be Dionysus. Who am I? You are. What's a dude, my motivation? Uh, you will find out very quickly. Oh, you okay. do not like Heracles. Okay. Cool. That is your main motivation. Um, and this is his first introduction into the okay. into this. Uh, you're, you are angry. Okay. okay. <coughs> I, I can do it. Uh, you will then switch into Xanthi. Well, I can take Xanthias okay. afterwards because okay. it'll be very quick, but let's start. Eacus. Who's there? Who's there? I, Heracles the strong. Oh, you most shameless, desperate ruffian. You, oh, villain, villain, errant, <laughs> vilest villain. Who seized our Cerberus by the throat and fled and ran and rushed and bolted, hailing of the dog my charge. 
bowl, but now I've got thee fast. So close the sticks, inky-hearted rock, the blood-bedabbled peak of Acheron shall hem thee in. The hell-hounds of Cocytus prowl round thee, whilst the hundred-headed asp shall writhe thy heartstrings. The Tartesian lamprey prey on thy lungs, and those Tethracian gorgons mangle and tear thy kidneys, mauling them, entrails and all, into one bloody marsh. I'll speech a running foot to fetch them hither. Exit Yagus. Yeah. Were you channeling the voice from Wizard People, dear readers? Because I, you kind of should have. See, the thing is, I don't mean to, but sometimes I do. <laughs> but if I really want to do the Wizard People, it's like you get, yeah, the Wizard. You go full so board. You got to tell them who Wizard what is People is. Wizard dear. People. Oh, so word. there is a comedian. I think it's Adam Neely. Is that correct? I have no idea who it is. My guess is he just got drunk one night and loaded, uploaded a YouTube video. So he. <laughs> He did a dub over of the entire first Harry Potter film okay. where he essentially rewrote the text and then tells a different story. And it's hilarious and fabulous and at times inappropriate. So heads up if you're a young listener, but it is deeply funny. It is incredibly hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. For example, it's not Snape and his it's not the security guy and his yeah. cat. It's the blood eyed cat of security and his <laughs> manservant Dazzler. <laughs> yeah. In walked the boy wizard say, as he w- looked at the crowd. Yeah, yeah Dumbledore kind of casts the rise without effort spell. Yeah, it's it thoroughly is, creeps, sells some jokes <laughs> about death that thoroughly creep out the children. It is hilarious. Yeah, it's really funny. Anyway, okay. I was not meaning to channel him, although maybe I did. All right, so I exit. So, yeah, Yakus exits. Xanthia says, hello, wh- what now? I've done it. Call the god. Get up, you laughing stop. Get, get up directly before you're seen. <laughs> I get up? I'm fainting. Please dab a sponge of water on my heart. Here, dab it on. Where is it? Golden gods, lies your heart there? It got so terrified it fluttered down into my stomach's pit. Cowardliest of gods and men. The cowardliest? I? What, I, who asked you for a sponge, a thing a coward never would have done? Uh, can you tell what's happening here? Mm, you, you, am I asking you to sponge my midriff? No, he, he just pooped himself because he's so scared. And so he's asking he's asking for a sponge. He's asking for a sponge to clean himself. Oh, so it's weird. brave of me to yeah. ask for a yes, sponge and make it clear right? that I pooped my pants? <laughs> yes, exactly. A coward never would have said he pooped his pants. <laughs> that's exactly right. Got it. Um, uh, oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> the next line's really funny. It's, Xanthius, what then? No, th- that, the next one. Do you want, do you want to read it? <laughs> a coward would have lain there wallowing, but I stood up. And wiped myself with all. <laughs> Thank you. Very good. Yeah. Um, in the in the other translation, <laughs> and then Xanthius is like so heroic, Poseidon, <laughs> quite heroic. Um, so yes, uh, Dionysus uh, poops himself. Uh, the if I can just read this from the other translation, Iacus. Um, so after Iacus uh, uh, hurries away as Dionysus faints, Xanthius says, "My my, what do you think you're doing, Dionysus? My butt runneth over. Let us pray." <laughs> <laughs> Let us pray. That's what it says in here. Uh, it's very good. <laughs> my butt runneth over. I feel like that should uh, be oh, that's so my line. immortalized in neon above someone's toilet. <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> my butt runneth over. <laughs> Let us pray. Like that guy, that needs to go in a bathroom, man. That does. It's, um, uh, the, the footnote for that is. Aristophanes themed club. It's very good. That's, yeah. Uh, uh, Jeff, uh, the, the, the line says, Jeffrey Henderson's brilliant rendering in the Loeb translation. <laughs> I, do you all ever have this thought? So uh, you all are looking at this book. Does this look like a very professional book that I'm reading from right here? It does. Yeah, you want to describe it to the audience? It's, it looks like, I mean, it's a signet classic, which yes. is a reputable 
uh, a translator of ancient texts. Okay. It looks like a book that you would have had for your students. Exactly. It's, it has. It's you know, the book that you buy yeah, in bulk for book. your class. Yeah. Exactly. It would be read in a yep. classroom with mm-hmm. a teacher guiding you through it. And he says Aristophanes. And everyone will look <laughs> uh, at him and be like, oh, wow. this is so cultured. Aristophanes. Yeah. My butt runneth over. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's very funny. Uh, the lights also just turned out. Uh, yeah, but we're not videoing, so we're not videoing. No I, I forgot to set up. So I, yeah, I, I, I do not have the right charger, so I'm, no, I'm right. not videoing this one. I will, I'll video your next one. I think I'll have enough battery for that. That's okay. No worries. Um, so anyway, that's that's what happens to Dionysus. He has a rough time. Okay, so you all should open up the next link, and the rest we will um, read from there. I'll try and give us kind of a rundown of what happens over the next uh, couple sections. Okay. So so uh, <laughs> Dionysus has a rough time and decides that he doesn't want to look like Heracles anymore because he thinks mm. he's about to die. Because the Achaeus was like, I'm going to go get all those guys and they're going to mess up your life. Yeah, and so he's like, I am not sticking around for this. Everyone loves the party god, but yes. Heracles apparently has Got some enemies, right? Yeah. And so... Um, uh, Dionysus gives the the clothes to Xanthius, and then as soon as Xanthius is dressed up as Heracles, um, a woman comes to the to this door and says, "Heracles, it is so good to see you. I've missed you. Um, I, I've baked this giant feast for you. We're ready to welcome you in. We have dancers here to entertain you. Come, come into Hades. Let's let's celebrate Heracles returning to Hades." And Xanthius is like, "Yes, please. Like this is <laughs> sounds great. I'm in. Yeah, I'm absolutely in for it." And and uh, Dionysus is like, "Whoa, you, you can't do that. Like, I'm supposed to be dressed up as as Heracles." And Xanthius is like. You gave this up. Like, this This is all me right now. Oh, so Xanthius is now? That's yeah, so they, so they swapped. That's and, funny. And then Dionysus is like, wait, no, no, give it back to me. Like, let's, uh, it's my turn. Like, yeah, it's my turn with the Heracles costume. So uh, Dionysus puts it back on. Uh, Iacus comes back and is, like, threatening his life again. And essentially, it's this, this back and forth. Whenever Dionysus is wearing it, Heracles is about, you know, the, he's getting threatened as Heracles. Whenever Xanthius wears it, he... Uh, gets, all the, gets all the ladies. Gets all the ladies. So he's... Uh, yeah, very happy to be wearing the Heracles outfit. Long story short, they make it into Hades. They um, they're there to get Euripides, as I said before. And um, as they as they walk in, they're talking with uh, with Pluto. Um, so uh, and, and Pluto is talking about. Uh, it, it's weird that the Mickey Mouse dog shows up. I thought that was a strange choice that they made here. Oh, yeah, that's and Mickey Mouse is actually the Lord of the Underworld. <laughs> and that's like actually oh. an incredible. Um, so, oh, I've got you now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pluto tells. You'll suffer in the fires of hell. <laughs> incredible. Um, Dino, or, uh, Pluto tells them. So you know they're 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 kind of on this mission. They just want to get Euripides and, and bring him out. Um, and Pluto's like, hey, totally get that. But we got this thing going on right now where there's this kind of fight. Oh, the, like there's essentially this like chaired position in hell for who's the like number one uh, tragedy in, like the number one the playwright. playwright of tragedies. And um, uh, Aeschylus has had that title. Aeschylus has been the one in that seat. And uh, Euripides has challenged him for mm. that for that title. So they're kind of they're having this war, you know, war. They're, they're fighting back and forth. You know, they're about to come to blows and all that. Uh, I referenced Aeschylus before. Um, what play do we know Aeschylus for primarily? There's a there's a few. He wrote a bu- bunch yep. of them, but Agamemnon is a big one. Yeah, I was gonna say Oristai, right? Yeah, the Oristai, mm. um, which is a trio of plays. Yes, that's a good point. So yeah. uh, libation bear- bearers, uh, Agamemnon. Agamemnon, and what's the third one? Um, the the you something. Is you it, me- is the Amenities. I yeah. think it's Amenities. Um, so yeah, these. Uh, um, 
famous playwright. Uh, again, I don't think you, I think you indicated you don't read those plays in class, but you kind of teach material from it. We right? used to read Agamemnon and then uh, I had a comment from a kid at the end of the year. I said, what could be changed? And he said, reading that play was kind of useless to us. You could have summarized it in a lecture and it would have been just as good. And I was like, yeah, he's probably right. So yeah. we ditched it. Which is now, I mean, it's one of our early episodes, but yep. you've done that here. I tried going back to the whole trilogy to kind of get an episode out of each of those. And the way you did it is the right way. Like it's not, they're good to read and they're important plays and stuff, but. Uh, but a summary is fine. Summary is fine for all yeah. that is how I feel. It sounds like The Frogs is much more fun. I'm having a lot of fun with it. But again, I like these, <laughs> I'm always so thrown off by how funny these plays are, right? Like, again, you, you look at this cover and you, you would think very serious. Mm-hmm. This like, is kind of like marbled statues yeah, of it's gonna work Greek my soul men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then instead it's it's a bunch my of... My butt runneth over. <laughs> I find that, that sentiment about most of the classics. They yeah. think they're so highbrow and going to be stodgy and boring, but it's, there's a lot of goof. Because it's not the books that take... Do you think the books take themselves seriously? Or like there's just this like... People like I, I think when something becomes a classic, it automatically gets all of this. I don't yeah, know, you just think like of gilding. like you just yeah. think of Peter O'Toole standing on stage mm. with like you know his stern gaze, and you're and you, that's the classics. And you have to dress up for it, and yeah. you're in furs, and mm-hmm. have to you have to wear a tuxedo to hear it or something. But that they're classic not because they're highbrow, but because they're just good yeah. and can be funny. Well, speaking of funny, we get. Uh, so Euripides and Aeschylus are going back and forth. Um, and so this next section starts with, well, fire away from Dionysus. Um, I will need to switch this around because, so uh, I guess Dionysus talks to Pluto. Pluto tells uh, about this fight that's going on. And uh, they the, the reason the fight has been ongoing is there's been no one to judge this competition between the two of them to determine the greatest playwright. And so it's very convenient that Dionysus has showed up. So Dionysus is going to sit over this competition between the two of the two playwrights as they go back and forth, arguing their case of who's the better playwright. Mm. Uh, so they they have a few different ways that they that they do this. the The section we're going to read, it, uh, I think you all will appreciate because you uh, uh, each of the playwrights is going to criticize the other playwright's writing, and so they kind of have this extended uh, attack on the writing. And I'll be curious, just you as English teachers, sure. if you find these attacks compelling. Who's who? Um, so, uh, Euripides is kind of the young upstart. Aeschylus is kind of the uptight, uh, old guy. I'll be the uptight old guy. Okay. I didn't, you, you said it, not me. So then, uh, Euripides, uh, for AJ, <clears throat> and then I'll take the other lines in any stage direction. So is, is Euripides then reading his Yes. So play? the, um, well, actually at this point, um, they're reading their own prologues. Gotcha. That's, that's, that's actually very helpful. So this portion specifically, Euripides is going to open with a quote, about um, about Oedipus, that is a Euripides line that then Aeschylus will tear apart yeah. when he, as he goes on. So you'll hear that okay. happen. So Dionysus says, well, fire away. I'm all agog to hear your very accurate and faultless prologues. A happy man was Oedipus at first. Well, no, 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 not so by <laughs> Zeus. A most unhappy man who not yet born nor yet conceived. Apollo foretold would be his father's murderer. How could he be a happy man at first? Then he became the wretchedest of men. Not so, by Zeus. He never ceased to be. No sooner born than they exposed the babe, and that in winter, on an earthen crock, lest he should grow a man and slay his father. Then, with both ankles pierced and swollen, he limped away to Polybus. Still young, he married an ancient crone, and her, his mother, too, then scratched out both his eyes. 
Happy indeed. Uh, Dionysus. Uh, <laughs> happy indeed had he been Arisonitis's colleague. Nonsense. I say my prologues are first rate. <laughs> Nay then, by Zeus, no longer line by line I'll maul your phrases, but with heaven to aid I'll smash your prologues with a bottle of oil. You? Mine with a bottle of oil? Just pause for one second. So the, the, Only one. We'll, we'll get there. So, the, uh, so again, we, we only got a little bit of the of the Aeschylus attack, but what's the attack that Aeschylus is making against Euripides? He's going, every, every time Euripides says a line, Aeschylus is like, that's a stupid way to say it. <laughs> it's like, You're wrong. It's not right. Yeah. Well, uh, actually. Yeah. He is a well yeah. actually. Yeah. 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 He is being the well actually guy. Okay. So, um, uh, so Euripides had said, so Aeschylus says that he's going to smash the prologues with a bottle of oil. Euripides says, you mine with a bottle of oil. Aeschylus goes. With only one. You frame your prologues so, set e- so that each and all fit within a bottle of oil or coverlet skin or reticule bag. I'll prove it here and you'll, now. You'll prove it. You. I will. Well then, begin. At, oh, sorry, go ahead. Aegyptus, sailing with his 50 sons, as ancient legends mostly tell the tale, touching at Argos... Lost his bottle of oil. Hang it, what's that? Confound that bottle of oil! Give him another. Let him try again. And then Euripides continues. Bacchus, who clad in fawn skins... Le- that, that can't be Euripides you're, then, can't you're, 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 you're quoting your prologue. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Bacchus, who clad in fawn skins, leaps and bounds, torch and thrysis, and the choral dance along Parnassus. Lost his bottle of oil. Ah, me. Oh, that's Dionysus. Ah, me, we are stricken with that bottle again. Poo, poo, that's nothing. I have a prologue. He'll never tack his... uh, I think this one should be Euripides also. I have a prologue. He'll never tack his bottle of oil to this. No man is blessed in every single thing. One is of noble birth, but lacking means. Another baseball. Lost his bottle of oil. Euripides. Well? Lower your sails, my boy. This bottle is going to blow a gale. We'll stop right there. So uh, what's going on here? So the the point he's making is um, who's um, is it Emily Dickens who all of her poems can be put to the tune of? Oh, uh, um, uh, I uh, like to buy the world of Coke. Oh, I like no, to heard, buy. Yeah. What's the one where they're all stuck on an island? Uh, oh, Gilligan's Island. I thought they all could be set to the tune of. Oh, Gilligan's I think they can do that. I always did the like. Um, uh, um, it's I'd like to buy the world of Coke. So what? How, what's give me an Emily Dickens line? Uh, something about I, I stopped to smile at death and no, what is it? Mm. Um, I thought I. Why is <laughs> I taste a liquor never brewed was the first one that came up, which is not very helpful. Yeah, I taste a liquor never brewed. Na, 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 na. Um, you want to pull one up while we're while we're looking? Sure. At this? So the 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 point for both of these is that the um, the the rhythm of each of the poems sounds the exact same, such that. There, there's kind of a repetition to it that can be mocked by putting it to words in the case of um, uh, of the poems. Or uh, Euripides is using the same meter to his poetry every time. And so what Aeschylus is saying is you can add the line, lost his bottle of oil, to the end of every one of those lines, and the, the meter matches. Like, the words don't matter, because you can just swap in lost his bottle of oil to every single prologue that Euripides has. <laughs> that's, the, that's the point he's making by repeating that. Because I could not stop for death, he kindly stopped for me. The carriage held, but just ourselves and immortality, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I, maybe it's Gilligan's Island. I don't know this tune to Gilligan's Island. Um, I don't think I was allowed to watch that as a child. Is it risque? In some yeah, way? I think is so. it? Oh, really? I, I don't. My parents I don't, maybe thought it was a little clearly. I've not sassy. watched nothing. Yeah. 
Um, so that's the the joke that they're making. And I, I don't, you all might have thoughts. Uh, is that like a a mark against someone that they have like a, a, a constant style if they're if there's some kind of rep- repetition to it like that? Aikless I don't think so. Aikless thinks so. Yeah. Homer wrote in hexameter for the entire thing. Yeah. So it's all the same meter. I don't know. I don't have a problem with it. Um, I mean, Shakespeare was all an iambic pentameter. Sure. Lost his bottle of oil. Dun, 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 and he lost his bottle of oil. There is a line where he explains why he's saying bottle of oil over and over again, mm. and it it just makes reference to the to the syllables of the words. So who thing. wins the chair? How are you gonna like skip oh, to sorry. the end like that? What do you? Come on. Uh, okay, so we just went through that back and forth. There's another uh, section where they are. Um, uh, Dionysus is going to weigh their words. And so the two, uh, they, they bring out a giant scale and <laughs> they, they speak words from their plays into the scale. And then the scale moves up and down based on who's saying the heavier words. And Aeschylus keeps talking about these like very like grounded concepts, you know, things with like, you know, gravitas and, and like a magnitude to them. So the scale goes down for Aeschylus and uh, Euripides keeps talking about um, uh, flying and like lighter concepts. And so uh, Euripides ends up losing that competition. <laughs> Uh, so then, uh, but Dionysus is, is kind of torn. Aeschylus keeps winning these competitions, but he was down there to get Euripides in the first place. Mm. So we'll get to this kind of final section, um, starting by Zeus the Savior from Dionysus. Am I still Aeschylus, or is he gone? Oh, no, I'm still um, here. So make sure you got the right one. There are two sections that say by Zeus the Savior. Still I can't decide? Still I can't decide, gotcha. yes. Um, you'll still be, I guess it's only Dionysus... No, I see. No, Aeschylus yeah, I'll do. I'll do Dionysus, and then you all can still say stay um, Aeschylus and Euripides. Okay. So Dionysus starts. AJ, are you there? Yep. Okay. Dionysus. So again, Dionysus is torn as to who to pick. Dionysus says, "By Zeus the Savior, still I can't decide. One is so clever and so clear the other, but once again, let each in turn declare what plan of safety for the state you've got. First with Synesius wing Cleocritus." Then Zephyrs waft them o'er the watery plain. Uh, this is a, they're making reference to a very uh, uh, skinny person and a very heavy person. So it's like, um, take these two people together, make them stand really close, and then hope the wind picks them up. <laughs> Basically, it's like impossible to happen is the is the joke he's making, which is then why Dionysus says, a funny sight I own, but where's the sense? If when the fleets engage, they, they holding cruets should rain down vinegar on the foeman's eyes... I know, and I can tell you. Tell away. When things mistrusted now shall trusted be, and trusted things mistrusted. How? I don't quite comprehend. Be clear and not so clever. If we mistrust those citizens of ours, whom we now trust, and those employ whom now we don't employ, the city will be saved. If on our present tack we fail, we surely shall find salvation in the opposite course. Good, O Palamides. Good, you genius, you. Is this your cleverness or uh, uh, ooh, This is my own. The cruet plan was his. That's uh, Sophisophon is one of Euripides' uh, most uh, uh, returned to actors, so someone mm. who acted in many of his productions. So my plan is to get all the ones that we don't trust and don't employ and put them in the business, and if that doesn't work, you go to do your, the opposite? Well, I, I think his literal plan is you go to the bad guys and you spray vinegar in their eyes. Like that's the... Uh, <laughs> So a cruet is just a bottle. So that thing with um, um, a, uh, a bottle of oil translated here elsewhere is a cruet of oil. Mm. So it's just, a, it. just okay. a bottle with, yeah, uh, yeah. with a little handle on it. 
I, I guess it doesn't have to have a handle, but it's a bottle of oil. Um, so uh, the his plan, again, is uh, if when the fleet's engaged, they holding crew, it should rain down vinegar in the for, in the foreman's eyes. I know, like, throw vinegar in their eyes. He does, he does not have a very good plan as to how to save the city. Foolproof. It's, it's basically impossible. His, his first joke is that it's impossible because you need people to fly off into the air and you're going to be attacked is the, that next thing he's talking about. Got it. So then Dionysus says to Aeschylus, now you. But tell me whom the city uses, the good and the useful? What are you dreaming of? She hates and loathes them. Does she love the bad? Not love them, no. She uses them perforce. How can one save a city such as this, whom neither frieze nor woolen tunic suits? Oh, if to earth you rise, find out some way. There will I speak. I cannot answer here. Nay, nay, send up your guardian from below. When they shall count the enemy's soil, theirs and theirs the enemies. When they knowed that ships are their true wealth, their so-called wealth delusion. Aye, but the justices suck that down, you know. Now then. Oh, sorry, but then Pluto pops in. Pluto says, now then decide. So uh, Dionysus' problem is that, you know, Aeschylus is um, essentially wanting to, like, um, first he's like, he wants to just reward the good people and not, like, that's the first set of questions are, are the good people rewarded and the bad people punished? And the answer is no, we do the opposite. Well, I thought it sounded like he was saying, why save a city where all the, yes. the good are ignored and all the bad are And that's that used. last part, yeah. yes. Um, and then Dionysus is talking about how all the money that's kind of put into that here, it's talking about the just like the legal system, all that money gets, um, sucked out of it. It gets taken away by people in power. Yeah. So things are not in a great spot. Um, so Pluto says, now then decide. Dionysus says, I will, and thus I'll do it. I'll choose the man in whom my soul delights. Euripides says, oh, recollect the gods by whom you swore you'd take me home again and choose your friends. Was my tongue swore my choices Aeschylus? Ah. So the um, <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> the uh, the the twas my uh, tongue that swore, but my heart was elsewhere is a like a famous line that's repeated a few times throughout this play. So kind of then the ultimate conclusion is yes, I said that I was going to do that, but my heart is being pulled by Aeschylus. So that's sure. what is happening. Yeah, yeah. So Euripides is the uh, how? What have you done, Dionysus? Done. Given the victor's prize to Aeschylus, why not? And do you dare look me in the face after that shameful deed? I think that's where I have it stopping. So Euripides, understandably, is not happy about this and complains. And um, Pluto calls in Aeschylus and Euripides and so that uh, Aeschylus can prepare for the journey. I think they have a big feast, so they, they have some time. Before Aeschylus leaves, he makes sure he tells Pluto, hey, man, while I'm gone, do not let Euripides sit in my chair. <laughs> that part is actually great. <laughs> do you have that line pulled up? Yeah, it's um, Pluto says, farewell, then Aeschylus, great and wise. Pluto's got this big charge where he sends Aeschylus away. Um, and then Aeschylus says, I take the mission. This chair of mine, meanwhile, to Sophocles here commit, for I count him next in our craft divine, till I come once more by thy side to sit. But as for that rascally scoundrel there, that low buffoon, that worker of ill, oh, let him not sit in my vacant chair, not even against his will. That's uh, the footnote from the other translation. Is Aeschylus speaking here? Uh, uh, is Aeschylus speaking here? Or is this harsh assessment of Euripides, Aristophanes' own opinion? <laughs> and, uh, I, I, you know, I, he goes on to kind of give pros, you know, 
both sides of why it could be one or the other. I want to know how come it wasn't Aristophanes that got killed in court for making people mad. <laughs> I'm a little surprised, right? Yeah. Because he's calling people out. Yeah. Um, he's like the Eminem of the ancient world. Jeez. Let's um, actually... Beef tracks. Uh, or like uh, that... Remember that sock puppet dog that would insult people? Oh, yeah. Uh, something, the insult comic yeah, dog. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what is his name? He was Canadian. Was he? Yeah. He started mean? off as this like cable access uh, sock puppet uh, thing. And then Triumph, so, Triumph, the Triumph. insult comic dog. dog. Yeah. yeah, he was on. He was a Canadian celebrity for a long time, and then tried to break into MTV or whatever. Didn't he get put on some late night shows? I think I a few yes. times. I think so. I think <laughs> the that's sock right. puppet dog. Anyway, Aeschylus. Uh, so Aeschylus is yeah. So either that's just Aeschylus's opinion, but it, you know why write the play if that's not something that you think as well? So very likely Aristophanes' uh, low opinion of Euripides. And then just, you know, we, we're almost at the very end. The chorus wraps up at the very end saying, First, as the poet triumphant is passing away to the light, grant him success on his journey, ye powers that are ruling below. Grant that he find for the city good counsels to guide her aright. So we at last shall be freed from the anguish, the fear and the woe, freed from the onsets of war. Let Cleophon now and his band battle if battle they must far away in their own fatherland. So again, wanting this end to the to the war that's like literally at their doorstep. I mean, this, this is a pretty ballsy thing to write for a for like a uh, festival while you're in the middle of a war. Yes, that's what is shocking. Uh, and he'll have he he's critical of of previous military leaders. That's kind of more sprinkled throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's surprising. Like you you would think during a time of war that like they wouldn't have as good a sense of humor about for this sure. Stuff. Although I, now that I think about it, I think like there were definitely like critical George Bush movies that were built, that came during the, the second Gulf War, early in the war in Iraq. And there were, I guess, you know, there were, uh, Apocalypse Now isn't a, uh, a comedy, but there was always like sort of movies that sort of get made during the times of war that are maybe critical, or MASH. There's right. an example, MASH, the television show that was like, we're actually in Korea, but right. really they're in Vietnam. Right. Uh, I guess there's that kind of thing. That's interesting because they yeah. almost had to hide that yeah. it's a Vietnam joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's, yeah. By setting it in Korea. But, um, and uh, I, I guess, you know, the our, the last Aristophanes play we did was uh, The Clouds. Uh, you know, I, I think I, I probably said it didn't win. It, it won third place. <laughs> so, you know, so not it did not do very well. The Frogs won first place. So, did it really? Yeah. So oh, this, wow. is, this is the one that actually got first prize. It's one of his later plays. So oh, it's wow. after The Clouds. Uh, and... Um, yeah, I'm, I would need to check again if he if he won any after this, but most of his uh, awards for for the festival Dionysus were prior to this, right? But um, yeah, this is one of his later plays. Actually, won first first prize. I, part of me can't tell if it's because it does kind of celebrate history, like it does have this positive view toward at least one of the great playwrights, and like the message is what we need now is this return to the messages of these great tragedies. So maybe that's like kind of a patriotic thing that in the time of war, it was viewed as kind of the, the right message there. So it's just, it's funny because again, I think the clouds is much more well-remembered than the frogs, but frogs is the one that actually won. Well, I think clouds is much more well-remembered because you always pair it with the apology. Yes. And you have this such a stirring text in the in Plato's apology. Yeah, we're, then, we don't yeah. really take sides on the whole Eschylus versus... Yeah, 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 yeah. Euripides. Euripides. But, you know, every every philosophy undergrad, like, falls in love with Socrates at some point. Yes. And, uh, and therefore, like, hates Aristophanes. Yeah. 
But at least my seniors do. <laughs> do they really? Yeah, they love Socrates this okay. year. Yeah, that's kind of good. It's probably the side yeah. you want them on. You want them to be like optimistic about changing the world. And yeah, I, I don't know. Everything? I mean, I overheard someone referring to Socrates as an academic weapon. I don't know if that's a good thing. Maybe that's a good thing. So, I mean, that's obviously a <laughs> critic of him describing him that way. That's what he is, uh, right? Yeah. No, I think that they were saying anyway. Um, but yeah, no, yes. I think we remember the clouds more because it's it's often paired with the sort of like real tangible look. This play got this guy killed, right? Yeah. Which this play yeah. also might have, but just a, a less important <laughs> general, person than yeah. Socrates. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, anyway, we're at, we're definitely at time. So uh, that's been the frogs. So thank you all for reading along. And uh, awesome. I don't know. We might do Lysistrata. I don't know. That feels like the other kind of big one. What's that one? Isn't that the sexy one? Yeah, that's Ooh. the one. Yeah. Uh, so we might do it, but we don't know. Uh, It'd be a depart. We don't usually do sexy things. True. You did that one on what was the uh, Canterbury Tales? What's the one? The only episode of ours to be marked explicit is it? Um, <laughs> is it? Is it the Bath? It's probably the Canterbury Tales where he talked about oh, um, the wife of Bath. Wife of Bath. That's the wife the of Bath. Yeah, where she like tricks young people to marrying her. Yes, that's our one episode that's marked explicit. Awesome. It makes me laugh every time that that's yeah. like a thing. <laughs> All right, well, this has been Classical Stuff You Should Know. You can find us on our website at classicalstuff.net. You can email us at theguys at classicalstuff.net. You can check out our X page. Twitter. It's Twitter. <laughs> on the platform formerly known as Twitter at CLSSCAL Stuff. You can patronize us at the patreon.com slash classical stuff where you can find in between episodes, extra goodies, a monthly AMA. And you can, yeah, you can just kind of help us out if you want. <laughs> and that that uh, brings our podcast today to a close. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. <laughs>